Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think you should have... Excuse me, what was that? <laughs> um... All right, welcome to another week of Gaming Historia. We got something different this week. Uh, two Chris's are going to be here. Colby is taking the week off. Uh, Chris Hepburn, which is one of... He is one of the writers for GamingHistoria.com. And I have been talking about doing something interesting and seeing how you guys like it. And that's what we're going to give. Uh, we're going to give a go this week on Gaming Historia. So a little bit different from your normal thing, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The first thing we'll do is uh, I'll give you a quick breakdown of the idea that we have. And then I'll have uh, Chris Hepburn introduce himself. Um, we decided to look at some old dead games that aren't really they don't look like i mean you know like spyro's getting a rumors of a remake and stuff but you know there's a lot of games out there that were great in the past that are dead and so we're going to go back and forth with a couple ideas we have this way we didn't have any time to pre-plan it and try to sell each other on one of them and then we're going to try to think of a way that you would design it for modern gaming so you know games that were really popular in the early to mid 90s or so probably that have not you know they were great at that point but they haven't been given the love they deserve we are going to figure one out and see what it would be like in a modern environment so uh you know besides the fact that i'm just super super smart chris actually brings something hepburn we'll call him bring something uh, to the table that's actually going to make this uh, work a little bit better than just me getting on here and rambling about what I think. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Mr. Hepburn. Hello. So yeah, my name's Hepburn. Uh, I've been an avid gamer since basically birth. I grew up with the Nintendo, moved into the Sega Genesis for a little bit, got a PlayStation, been on Sony and modern consoles since then. I'm actually a graduate from a game development program here in my good old country of Canada. And uh, so I, I have some understanding of what it's like to develop and design a game. And it's, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of man hours. So I'm hoping that helps me bring some cool info to this podcast we're doing here today. Yeah, so we're going to give this a shot, see what you guys think. It's it's one that we thought about doing on and off uh, more frequently. But we, we figured let's throw it up on the Gaming Astoria channel, see what happens. And... Uh, see how well it plays out and what you guys think of it. Um, so without wasting too much more time, let's get into the ideas that we have for the games. And we're going to, we're going to throw a few back and forth, a few ideas that we have, and then we'll settle on one and we're not going to spend half an hour on it. We're going to spend a few minutes on it, trying to figure out which one we want to, we want to break down and try to go into and then from there, we will try to figure out how to um, we'll, <laughs> sorry, I, I was reading our Discord chat last night and my phone actually on one of the games we were talking about Red Faction and, and my phone auto-corrected sequel to sexual <laughs> that they made. <laughs> he asked about Red Faction and I said, yeah, that was solid. <laughs> they made some sexual. <laughs> I was wondering why you said that. I was, I was reading it. I was like, 
this, this isn't right here. <laughs> yeah, my phone auto-corrected it so that I'm talking about a sexual version of Red Faction, which I don't think they made. Um, it was it was supposed to be sequel, but my my phone was apparently in a mood last night and uh, was getting dirty. So, um, uh, all right, good old phones these days. <laughs> so, so obviously, Red Faction was we beforehand to be as clear as possible. We threw a few games up there as ideas just to see kind of where we were as far as what kind of games we knew. And if we don't know a game we're about to throw out, then we'll explain it to the other person and see what they think. So uh, since you were the guest this week, Chris, go ahead and fire away with your pitch number one. Well, I brought this up in the Discord chat last night, but uh, uh, this breaks the like, mid-90s rule, but uh, War of the Monsters back on the PS2. It's kind of a cult classic. It came back on the PS4, but they've never actually took anything like War of Monsters and brought it back to modern day gaming. It was a really cool up to like four player beat em up in a way like Power Stone where you can move around an area, fight each other, but you were big monsters in cities where you could pick up vehicles, whip them at each other, smash people into buildings and just watch as they break. But no one's ever done anything on that kind of scale ever since. And the... They've kind of they did a board game that was very similar to that too. I think Richard Garfield or somebody did something like that. I think I actually have it. I have to look it up. I, it's not called War of the Monsters. King of Tokyo. Like that. King of Tokyo. Yep. Yeah. King of Tokyo. So okay. Um, yeah, that's. So Rampage was one of mine, and I think that those two are kind of back to back because because War of the Monsters was kind of Rampage redone correctly or more modernly. Um, well, wasn't Rampage more of a more of a score-based game where you just kind of destroyed buildings and ate people and try to gain a better yeah, score than, it, your, than your partner or your other player. Yeah, it, yeah, it was kind of like a competitive co-op. And it was... But it had that where you could beat up the other guys. Like, you could knock down other monsters off the buildings and stuff like that for scores. So it had, like, the the initial idea of what War of the Monsters became. So okay. uh, I, won't, I won't throw Rampage out as one because I think that that would just be we would go down the path of War of the Monsters and expand on that. So instead, I will throw out... Actually, I'm not going to throw out the one I really, really want up front. Um, Ooh, playing hard to get, are we? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna save it for a minute. Um, I'm going to throw out a meme-worthy one, which is Battletoads, uh, which uh, yeah. I, I don't think that requires any explanation. And, and the, a few of the Battletoads have seen... Or I guess... And Killer Instinct, did they did they put all of them in there? Or did they just put one of them in there? I'm actually not sure, but yeah, I knew they put one of them in there. Isn't there a rumor they're doing a remake on that? I I have no idea. If so that's awesome. Um, I'm gonna Google that. Yeah, so Battletoads is my first one out there. If you don't know what Battletoads is, imagine the like the most impossible game you can from like the the NES and and super nintendo era of it's just a side-scrolling beat-em-up kind of like streets of rage or double dragon or something um but you're a couple of mutant toads actually um, i'm googling it right now someone's trying to do a battle toads game remake in unreal F- engine 4 but it apparently is a battle toads double dragon game coming to nintendo switch oh well that's cool all right well let's let's I'm glad that's not the one I was really shooting for because there was a Battletoads Double Dragon game and it was iffy. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'll say that. 
hopefully hopefully the if, if they get this remake off the ground it'll be good so okay so battletoads will throw away um so go ahead and go with your next one hmm. i know we brought up the shido blade last night and uh, that was mine that i was gonna wait for oh <laughs> uh, yeah i was yeah I, I like fighting games i'm just horrible at them but there, there's a couple other games in the vein of Bushido Blade that I think would really work with it. So again, Bushido Blade is kind of like an isometric view where two people fight in like an open area. So we didn't play like Soul Calibur or Tekken where you moved back and forth on one plane and just slightly turned. This was like full movement and uh, wherever your weapon hit dealt a certain amount of damage. So if you hit your opponent in the head, it could be an instant win right there. Or if you hit them in the right. leg enough times, it crippled them and they'd have to like drag their body and made them like really incapable so and it, it had some cool interactions with the environment too like if you're surra- surrounded by bamboo and you took a slice the bamboo would get sliced up and stuff oh, it, i love that stuff yeah they did they they really paid a lot of attention to detail in that game and um that that was one i was throwing out uh as well so that one that one may be at the top right now but um Another one that I thought would be solid was House of the Dead or Virtua Cop. Either either one. Probably House of the Dead. I don't think Virtua Cop would fly in the current political environment. But, oh, God, no. Um, House of the Dead. It, it's your arcade. It, most people probably know what it is. but it's Because uh, they re-released it, I think, on PS3. Um, it, it was actually a whole new game done on PS3 for PlayStation Move controllers. Oh, I remember. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was not as good as the originals because the originals were just gun, uh, a rail shooter where you actually held the gun, you shot the screen, killed the zombies, stuff like that. And it was location specific. So you shot one in the head, its head blew up. You shot it in the legs, it would be crippled. You shot it in the arms, it wouldn't be able to grab you, something like that. So uh, House of the Dead is, is another one that I liked quite a bit and throughout there. So, hmm. I mean... Uh, that one I think would be very easy to to come up with an idea on on how to to make it more modern. Yeah, yeah, especially with like so, uh, modern gaming controllers VR. nowadays. And yeah, VR, VR is really all you need. Yeah, you know, take the far point controller and boom, you're done. Um, okay, you have other ideas? Yeah, um, there's a game back on the PS1 called Future Cop. It was it was a pretty interesting game. Um, so basically you played a cop in like a mobile suit that either walked or transformed to hover and you would suit it up with various weapons and you would go through like these heavily armored and like heavily enemy encountered areas and you would go through killing the enemies trying to get to the big bad boss, which was usually in a giant, uh, machine or building and you had to blow them up. The really cool thing about the game, aside from all the carnage, which was really cool in the level design was the multiplayer. The single player had like no real-time strategy aspects, but the multiplayer did. So as you reverse in your opponent, you would gain points, which you can then use to spawn in smaller units. And depending on what station you went to to spawn them in, it would spawn in a stronger or weaker unit. And it was it was kind of like the first MOBA, if I remember cor- correctly, on like how the lane pushing went. It was really interesting. Huh. I... I must have played it. I don't remember it, though. Um, okay. So, there's there's another one that 
there's a long story behind this one for me, but I'll I'll save that for another podcast. And I'm making sure I have the name right. Um, it is Cyborg Justice, which was on the Sega Genesis. And the idea behind the game, it was your traditional side-scrolling beat-em-up. Let me make sure this is the right one. Um, hold on. Before I go too far with saying it was Cyborg Justice. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of it. I'm trying to make sure this is the right one. Um, yeah, this is it. So it was a it was kind of a side scroll and beat him up. But the cool thing about it is that you were fighting all you were a, a cyborg or a robot, and you were fighting other robots, kind of like the TMNT games and Golden Axe and stuff like that, where you were just fighting hordes of enemies as you went. But the cool thing is you could actually take their body parts and put them onto your character. So if you, you know, went up against something that had legs that worked like you wanted, you could actually rip their legs off and install them onto your own robot. So it had this really cool uh, system where you were constantly kind of changing and upgrading your your character based off of who you beat the crap out of. And um, it was incredibly fun. It was this awesome game that that I haven't seen anything like it where, you know, you, you took, uh, you took the parts from your fallen enemies to upgrade yourself, which was, which was awesome. And you did this on the fly. So like, as soon as you beat them, you could just take the part and upgrade and continue on. Or was it like after the level? Yeah, I, I think it was on the fly. If I remember correctly, like you would just take them and, and there, there was like a area. I don't know if you just went into the pause screen or what, um, I'm going to check real quick because. Man, the animation okay, for well, this game looks awesome. Oh, it was incredible. It was. Uh, so, so here's, here's the quick story behind the game. Um, oh, um, yeah. So you could actually rip parts off of them as well. And if you didn't want to use them, you could just throw them back at people and, you know, back at the bad guys and hurt them more. And, you know, you didn't have to defeat them to take their body parts. You could just rip their arm off. And uh, it was it was one game that I wanted for Christmas one year, and my mom wouldn't get it because she thought it was too violent because you were ripping body parts off. Um, so the only time I got to play it was whenever I got to rent it from Blockbuster. But I can't remember if you could do it on the fly, or if you could, or if you had to wait for the end of the level to upgrade based off parts that you took. Um, but either way, the idea is there that you're beating up your enemies and you're taking their body parts and. And it doesn't even have to be a robot game. You could do any kind of thing with it. But for that one, you know, Cyborg Justice is pretty sweet for that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the gameplay right now, and it just looks looks really fun. Looks challenging, too. It is. And it was it was a blast. I can't remember if it was multiplayer or not. I, I want to say you could play two players on it. Um, which was another reason that I really wanted to, to dive into it. Um you know, friends come over and we beat up stuff. But I, I can't remember if it was two players or not. It may have just been one. Um, I'm sure Google can answer that question real quick. Let's see. Yeah. It's got to be in the Wikipedia. It is not. Um, oh. See it. Oh, oh no. uh, when player shows the two-player game mode, players will be prompted to cu- to a customization room, and afterwards, 
either go to the main adventure mode or a dual mode if they previously set that in the options. The first player has a combination of metallic gray and yellow, while the second player is a combination of metallic green and purple. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was also multiplayer. Um, okay. Yeah. That and you could customize your cyborg all you wanted, and it, it just made it... It was like one of those infinitely replayable type of games that you know you play through it and you, you use these arms and these legs and then play through it again and go with a whole different style and it never got the love it deserved i don't think no a lot of the sega genesis master drive era games never really did i know it was unfortunate um so what do we have so we have house of the dead Bushido blade war of the monsters um future cop and uh Cyborg Justice. Yeah. <clears throat> What's your main vote on? I don't know if there's enough. In, uh, Bushido Blade would be awesome, but I don't know if there's enough to really go deep on that. I think Cyborg Justice kind of... I think that's my top pick. Yeah. All right, well, let's go with Cyborg yeah. Justice then. All right. <clears throat> so, now is where the, the quote-unquote game starts, where... Hepburn, who actually knows how to design stuff, and me, Somewhat. who just, yeah, me, who's just incredibly smart, like off the charts and, and can think of anything off the fly, will also try to pretend I know what I'm talking about. Well, um, isn't that what podcasts are? It's just pretend conversations, you know? Yeah. So, so the two of us are going to try to put our accumulated, accumulated knowledge of gaming together to come up with something that would work in the modern world something that would be marketable and if somebody jumps on this uh we demand royalties reach out to us yeah <laughs> reach out to us and get us involved with it because uh i guess at this point we're talking about reviving cyborg justice at some point so if somebody else wants to do it we'll just come in as uh, consultants or something i don't know that's that's probably all the legal stuff i need to say if i even do um and ultimately, all I care about, if you're going to make a Cyborg Justice game, just let us know and let us do a review for it. That's all we care. Um, I want to help in some way. <laughs> yeah, I would love to be involved, but really, ultimately, I just want to play the game again. Yeah. Updated. Um, okay, so where do we start? The, the the story on the original was bare bones and nothing. So where where do you want to start with the the redesign of this Mr. Hepburn? Well... The, the main mechanic of that and the main hook of the game was taking the parts and customizing your character. So I think we should uh, go off of that and like how to, how to make that more modern and make it a, a better system, more fluid system for like today. Okay, so I, I think from the start, I think starting off, you should be generic robot 101. You know, just nothing special to you at all. And... Um, once, once the game starts, that's where you get to start kind of customizing is you get to start, um, you know, fight the bad guys you want. And I, I don't think there should be any pre-game customization outside of maybe colors or something like that. But I, I think you should have to start with a generic robot. What if you started with like, like three different builds? Cause I'm thinking something like if we're going to keep it like the brawler, kind of like a Mega Man style game but with some depth yeah. of field. So like start off with like a, a melee base or a range base and then go from there. So you have like a place how you want to start with 
and then you can customize it as you go on. So okay, so let's say let's say we're going to put this on on most of the systems, and let's let's say it's going to be what four players or three players. Uh, I'd I'd go four. Okay, so you have four players. So I'd say you'd have kind of the heavy bruiser guy you could pick, the uh, the kind of fast ninja type, you know, quick hack, hack and slash, but not a whole bunch of health guy, and then the the kind of ranged wizardry you know if you put it into fantasy element the has bigger blast from a uh, uh, behind the bigger guy and probably a, a trap so, layer someone that could place like stun mines or grenades or something yeah um how, i mean how well does that work in a and like well is it going to stay as a side scrolling beat em up hmm or or would you do like a isometric like Diablo style or well I don't think Diablo style would really give it the look it needs but a, a third person kind of like Armored Core or something like that maybe kind of I don't know, I don't know how well that would work. Um, well, if you if you, if you do four player, you would probably want to keep it the beat 'em up. That way, you could keep everyone on screen and keep it easier to read. Yeah. Um, if we were talking single player, I would say something along the lines of Splatterhouse that was revived back in like I think twenty ten. Yeah, the what was it? PS2 or PS3? PS3. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so so keep with the keep with the kind of side scrolling stuff. I mean, that that's seeing uh that that style is still popular. You're still seeing that on uh what's the uh the Dragon's Crown? Dragon's Crown. Oh, I can't wait for that remaster. At, uh, oh yeah, Odin Sphere, uh Kirby, you know, yeah, plenty of games that are still showing that side scrollers work. So Okay, so keep it side scroller. Have four different choices, and I don't think you lock it. That if one person wants to be the the shooter guy, the the nobody else gets to choose the shooter character. Oh no, that that would just um, be that would just be cruel. Yeah, that would cause too many arguments before it even starts. Um, I don't know about the trap layer though on a side scrolling thing. I, it, it would be like limited um, ammo kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So just, oh, I mean, you could also go with like a, a bomb type yeah. thing or uh, just somebody that does big damage but doesn't have a whole lot of ammo. All right. So we're drawing in on here. Moving on. The, yeah. The, okay. So the we got our four. body part collection system I think is pretty cool. And like with modern day stuff, we could put some crafting in there. So like you beat up a dude, you take his torso, you beat up another dude, you take his head, you beat up another dude, you take his legs. Now you could create a whole new robot with all those, or you can break it right. down to parts and start building your own pieces to design your own your own systems. I think would also be a much more modern way to look at it. So, and and another thing that I would say about the acquisition of parts is a they need to have specific stats because um, you know there's plenty of stat junkies out there. Um, but randomizing them, you know, in the way that Diablo and Titan Quest and all those, and, you know, pretty much any game that, that throws random loot at you. So that way, you know, there's a farming aspect to it that if you're wanting to to really make your dude just super tanky, you may not get the stuff that you need off of the first big tanky body part you take. You, you're going to need to farm that level or whatever for a little while to try to get it, which would add replayability. I don't know if that fits with a beat em up, but it would add a lot of a lot more 
reason to go back and and farm certain areas yeah it makes sense try to get those uh big special pieces you really want for your character yeah and you could you could even put like quote unquote legendary body parts that that you could find just randomly as you get higher and higher level um or higher and higher in the or farther and farther in the game rather but that's the other thing is is should there be an rpg element to it where your characters actually or your your robots actually level up or is that all done through the through the lens of collecting the different parts from your enemies hmm that's a tough one because you you could have a level up system for like equipping stronger stuff because it, it could become a a very quick power creep where like someone gets a lucky random drop and now they're super powerful right. for like half the game so you'd ha- you'd have to put in systems to stop that but then how do you then be able to go back to a level and tell the game like hey this person's already got this power so increase all the loot in this area so well what what if it was a uh, what if what if we didn't do like the four different at the beginning and it was back to the random you know just the generic guy but you had skill trees so you could actually start going down like I want to you know like reinforced armor or uh, you know a faster alloy or faster whatever you'd call them faster gears or whatever depending on the style of robots they're going to be whether they can be steampunk or futuristic or whatever. But that way you could start customizing it to where if you want to be a tankier type guy or if you want to be a faster type guy, you could actually go down a skill tree and choose those different type of things. Yeah, that that would actually be kind of cool. And that way everybody starts the same and then builds off. As you Yeah, and, and so you you build up from there and everybody can go their own way in their skill trees. Yeah. Um Okay, and then that way you can have certain pieces that drop that you need to have like three points in ranged attacks to be able to equip it. And, you know, a dude that's a tank that uses uh, other people's arms as a sword can't doesn't know how to use a advanced cannon from something else that it picks up. You, Unless he puts the skills you, into you, that. Yeah, you would want to be able to allow freedom of customization. So having a point system or skill tree like that would lock players into a specific play style in this kind of game, which is kind of counterproductive of what it's trying to do. I think, I think being able to just equip any kind of the, any kind of equipment would be best, and just let the player figure out how to use it themselves. But okay. like, it, it would be best if we branched away from like the head, the body, the arms and legs, and added in more. So like, eternal pieces could add maybe better accuracy or higher damage output for melee attacks and whatnot and add more to the customization of it so you can build up better better uh, builds using more like augmented stuff to help each other in a way so so in, in a sense something similar to the final fantasy 7 materia system where you just kind of slot in pieces and you know like well, I guess Diablo did it too, where if if a uh, you got a weapon and had a certain number of, of slots that you could put gems in or, or materia in or whatever, depending on what game you're talking about. So then you would have a certain, a certain uh, let, let's say three different uh, guns dropped or three different gun arms dropped. One may have one slot because it's too damn, the other two 
slots are two damaged. One may have three and one may have five or something like that. Um, and then that way you still get that randomization. Like, all right, I got the gun I wanted, but it only has one slot for me to put in, you know, a more powerful blast. But I'm going to keep on farming to try to get this one that has three or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you could do something like that. And that way you, you have, you know, it it just adds a little bit more to the customization of each character that, you know, ultimately you're looking for that three slot cannon because you have three really good upgrades you want to put into it. So, but in the meantime, you're going to use this one that has one slot because at least you get to put something into it. Yeah. Also thinking, thinking about it, I'm thinking of some games that would be good for like inspiration games like steel lancer back on the ps2 was a lot like it was it was a arena shooter battle game where you switched out parts of your mech so like you could have walking legs or treads or whatever change out your guns your shoulder pieces same with armor core did a lot of the same thing so having a game like that where you could trade out the pieces to then have different play styles so you have like a shoulder weapon as a backup all the time to say two gatling guns on your arms would probably be a really good way to go about it especially with modern controllers allowing more button inputs than back on the sega genesis allows you to yeah it's true allows you to bind more of the uh more of the options to different buttons on the controller okay so so is this gonna because there could be a trading system in this as well um whether it's just an offline co-op game or an online co-op game i think i think letting you play it online is a way to go that way you can team up with friends from wherever they are you don't have to get four people in the same house to play it um local and multiplayer but I, online multiplayer would work yeah and, and let you split it up so you can have two in one house and two in another and then have a have a trading system so uh, you can, or or at least let you just drop items that you don't want, so other people can pick them up. Because um, I think a trading system gets too complicated for a game like this. I think just I don't want this. Let me throw it on the ground so you can pick it up. Yeah, basically. Um, I mean, like that's how me and my friends play Diablo, anyways. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So then the skill tree would just be something to enhance what you're doing. Just give you more of a focus on something but it doesn't lock you out of gear yeah so like maybe a bit more damage or speed stuff like that more health more armor okay and so so is this going to because the original cyborg justice was i think only two or three enemies on the screen at a time so do you keep it to where it's it's a one-to-one or should this turn into like a you're fighting mobs of robots I think it should be fighting mobs or robots, especially because modern systems can handle way more on the screen. It also gives you um, more creativity with the weapons and different customizations you can add. So having a giant explosive weapon isn't nearly as cool when you're not blowing up five, six, maybe ten different people at once. And you're just blowing up one. It's it's not as impactful on the player. Okay, then, then my question is, how do you? Are these going to be just drops that whenever a robot dies, it'll drop a random piece of its body, or is it still you go up and you rip off the part that you want? Hmm. <clears throat> I'd say probably a mixture of both. Um, 
Okay. In, in an essence, it would be like they can drop it or you can try to salvage from them. So, like, if, it, if it's a dead body and it's mostly intact, like, you didn't blow it to smithereens, you can go and try to salvage parts from it. But if you didn't, it might drop an arm and you could pick it up and see if it's something you would like to continue with. Or, okay. or just keep and, it in inventory to whip at someone later on. Right. And I, I think that you could also add a little bit more depth depth to the combat to where, you know, say you go with like a, I don't know, Bruce Lee robot and dude comes up to punch your robot. You hit counter at the right time. You can grab his arm and rip it off and then it's in your inventory or you can use it to beat him up. Um, so adding a little bit more depth to combat may be a way to kind of let you quickly grab pieces off of stuff before your big explosive friend blows up everybody and you may lose that piece because I, I think with modern consoles doing something on this level, you could, you could definitely make it much more clear. Like, Hey, this dude has some really sweet arm cannons or whatever, or really sweet, uh, fists. And so you go try to one-on-one him real quick to grab that, you know, to counter and pull it off or to just yank it off of his body or whatever. Um, just, just through some very basic type of fighting commands, you know, you may just have a counter button, um, but just to add more than just hit, you know, X and square to do heavy and light attacks for the whole game. Um, yeah, uh, the whole ripping off a body part, I think would be really cool if when you, when you rip off, say like the arm, your character was holding it afterwards. So, like, if they had a blaster on right. their arm, it would now work as if it was, like, a cannon. You Instead of attacking normally, you would shoot with it. Or if you ripped off someone's arm and it had, like, a blade on it, you'd now have, like, a razor nunchuck you were swinging around. Um, you can also have, like, an inventory slider down at the bottom. So, you would switch between all the body parts you ripped off people to use as weapons. Or you could just go bare bones with yourself. But the more you used of those items the more you would uh, diminish them to a point of losing them and at the end of the level you would no longer be able to keep those items because they were too far damaged uh yeah that would work and and you could also do something like if if you grab an arm and you want to use it just you could quote unquote jettison off one of your arms and stick that one on real quick you know because technology and science would make that possible in this world oh yeah that so yeah that 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 would actually be pretty cool just like on the fly switching that way you can just switch on the fly yeah and i like the idea of of things getting worn down if you use them so you know you may get something you're not going to use but you can you know that you're not going to actually equip but you can use it to to beat the shit out of people but Um, that whole worn down mechanic do you would you like it to run something like zelda where your weapons diminish as you go and then you lose it so if you're if you're using your arms to punch a lot and they're your base arms, they would diminish, and then you'd have to rip them off someone else to switch them out so you had fresh arms. That was my biggest problem with Zelda, was was the... Well, I, I think if you use a weapon, like if you use the arm as a weapon, yeah, let it diminish. But if it's on your body, I don't know, you have nanobots or something that keep it repaired. Or at the end of the level, you have to spend a certain amount of space bucks or whatever to repair. That it, that it diminishes throughout the level, but you can repair your your beat up parts that way there's actual you know you could you could put a little bit of a a damage model in there where as you get you know if you don't get beat up too bad 
you come out looking squeaky clean. But if if you're taking a beating through the level, your your guy at the end of the level looks pretty trashed, and you you got to pay to get fixed up, or you have to spend a certain amount of whatever the nanobot or whatever the currency is to to repair yourself so that you can keep those items without completely losing them yeah you can even make the game a bit more roguelike in that action where if, you, if you're if your mech gets completely destroyed then you have to build a new one back at base and start attaching new parts to it and make a whole new build so if you die in a level you lose your mech but you can always go back and take the parts you've salvaged and create a whole new one and go back at it Okay, so are these are these mechs sentient or are they piloted? Hmm. I hmm. I would say piloted. Like, like okay. there would be someone in a base somewhere in like a VR setup, like Matrix oh, like style remote. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I was I was gonna say because if if you put them in the actual mech, especially if you're gonna make it. I think scale is a big part. I think making it, you know, that they're crashing through cities and stuff like that. Maybe not as big as buildings, but big enough that, you know, getting knocked into a building actually causes significant damage. Then putting somebody inside of it, then the trick would be just grab the torso and kill the guy inside. So, yeah, doing a remote thing would, would make sense. So then you could kind of bank items that you get in, in case you lose your guy and then that way you have an upgrade to put on it. But... Once once your mech is destroyed, all your stuff's gone. And then you have so. to redo the skill tree to build up a new a new base mech for like higher attack, higher health. So you don't always want to invest everything into one and probably hold on to some of those resources for skill trees to build up other mechs so you always have a good backup. Yeah, so that, that brings a question of back to the leveling system. Should there be a leveling system or should there just be, I don't know, like, you know, like I know Kung Fu. Basically, you have to buy that with whatever currency is used. You know, like you you sell parts that you got for this currency that lets you install these chips that are essentially your skill tree. Yeah, I think the whole chip system would work out well. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. So. So really, what you're doing is you're. It, it becomes a gamble whenever you go into a level, especially one that that is. That, that you, and, and I think there needs to be a little bit of randomization per level of, you know, what particular type of enemies you're going to fight. So you can't just know, hey, I know how to tear this one up. I'll farm it all day. You know, it's, you know, you may go in once and it's mainly ranged guys, which you're strong against. And then you go back to that level and all of a sudden now it's just a boss. And it's like, oh, well, shit. That's not what I was looking for. Yeah, speaking of the whole level system, I think it would be pretty cool to have it more like a uh, kind of open world-esque thing where you can... You can go to like different areas in like a hub world and it would take you to the different levels per se where you'd then have to go through and fight all the enemies again. Or the randomized yeah, enemies, like the reinforcements have come in and now you got to take out the reinforcements, whatever they may be. Right. And okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I'm trying to think if there's anything else you need to add besides story. I mean, that, it sounds like that the, the basic systems are in place and. I don't know. It sounds like a game I would play. It just sounds like a, a good brawler that, that has, you know, it may only take you three hours to see all the levels, but with some randomization and a ton of loot, it'll, you know, turns into a significantly larger game. And, like, you can even do something like Rogue's Legacy where as you finish off areas, they get stronger every time. 
like the bad guys are still developing as you develop also so they continuously get stronger as you get stronger giving you better parts and more more challenge next time through yeah and i think taking out um i don't think you should do like quote-unquote level scaling i think it should just be don't go to this place if you haven't built up you need to go back to somewhere that's easier and rebuild and get stuff back because you screwed up and you died and i don't think there should be any kind of you know jumping puzzles or anything like that i think it should be just straight up i don't know maybe the fighting mechanics need to be a little bit deeper not not like a tekken or street fighter but you know make make the fight so you're not just tearing through people like you're doing with diablo where you just one two three four QWER, and then you just kill the whole group, you know? It's something along the lines of like Double Dragon, where you have combo systems that, if you use correctly, you can save yourself because someone's coming at you from behind, but you jump up and do a spin kick, and oh, they got hit in the head. Right. Yeah. Something along those lines where you have, you know, it's not going to be as fast as if you just had, you know, like Streets of Rage, where you had people who were on rollerblades just speeding through levels or whatever. But. Where where you had reaction systems or, you know, somebody sneaking up behind you, you have a, a shield that you can pop up, you know, a little glowy shield that pops up and blocks the damage and you can turn around and beat the crap out of them. Um, I would say make them all 3D models instead of, hand, like, hand-drawn 2D. Oh, yeah, 3D would definitely work, Just, work way better in this kind of game, especially with the customization. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, because you're not going to get something that looks as pretty as as uh, Odin Sphere or, or Dragon's Crown if you're having to to break down each piece into something unique and have the the engine or whatever build up. It, it uh, random. It's robots. funny you mention that because VanillaWare, the creators of Dragon Crown and Odin Sphere, are creating a new game. I forget the name of it. I saw but that. It, if you watch the trailer, they have a giant mech in it who is which is actually made in 3D instead of being 2D like everything yep. else, just because of how much easier yeah, it is. It, and it looks good. I mean, it, it's still, it still has their art style to it, but it's, it's definitely, it, it's being able to do 3D to look like 2D art still is not where it needs to be. I mean, you, there, there's a definite difference in the two. Tell right? that to Axis Games, yeah, man. Guilty Gear looks well, amazing. Well, okay. Yeah, it does. But if you put, but for VanillaWare, whenever you're True. putting their 2D stuff with a 3D mech, as as close as they have it to looking like their, you know, kind of hand drawn animated stuff, it's not. You know, I don't think 3D is at that point yet that it, it looks 2D. I mean, like Dragon Ball Fighter Z, it it looks like you're watching animation, and I mean, like an animated film, but you can still tell it's a little 3d um, yeah well they've also had a lot more time and money invested into their 3d rendering systems when vanillaware probably hasn't considering i think this is the first 3d asset they've put in a game that i've noticed yeah i can't think of anything and i played dragon's crown that which was their last one like into the ground and i don't remember ever seeing anything that was true 3d they had kind of the the 3d art where they had multiple layers to the to the thing but it was still all just 2d stuff layered on top of each other so yeah um i mean i think i think that breaks down the the base systems of the game the and i don't know that it needs a a deep story 
you know it no it needs a cheesy story let's face it the cheesier the yeah, better it, it it needs something terrible like oh no the robots have taken over the world there's just a few people left who know how to control them and they're trying to protect the few cities that are left or something like that some dr wiley like um, characters programmed evil robots yeah. who go pacific rim matrix thing this giant robot and go kick their butt yeah i wonder if there should be an actual bad guy i i i'd or say if it's yes just everybody say else yes, that way you can okay. start getting in some like really unique boss battles instead of just having oh it's a digger turned corrupted oh no right but now you actually have something <laughs> built to attack you and something built to be yeah that's true very powerful and unique for the gameplay yeah i mean and the bad guy could be just ai just this ai construct that's building these robots that keep on coming at you and is getting smarter and smarter as the game goes on and that explains why every time you go into the level the the other robots are or the other cyborgs are significantly stronger because it's also learning from you it's an adaptive ai system fighting you and humanity there you go and then you have to think of some cheesy acronym for what it's called um which which we'll do that once we're ready to build the game. We'll think of the cheesy acronym. Yeah, I'm not I'm not good with titles, um, so uh, you're you're alone on that one, buddy. Yeah, I can't I, I can't think of something that's that's cheesy enough yet, but it'll come to me. But uh, yeah, I think so. So let's break it down. So you have a a skill tree that is not based on level; it's based on buying chips, basically, which are which are then installed into your mech, which uh, it looks like a skill tree or, or acts like a skill tree, but it only works for that particular mech. And then you have generic robot whenever you start, which then you take into kind of easier levels with up to three other friends. You start either ripping off parts or blowing up people and salvaging what you can. You get enhancements and different pieces that you can upgrade and one of the things the original cyborg justice did was it was just the bottom half of the body were the legs but i think that this one you could do two different legs you know right and left have yeah have have like the right leg is is like a rollerblade not a rollerblade but you know what i mean something on wheels and then the the left side is just a big powerful foot and you can kind of just push yourself <laughs> you know almost like skateboarding robots that's, that's hilarious just um, see some dude basically scootering himself through yeah a level. <laughs> yeah but i think that there should be an element of of humor to the whole thing because it's it's a it's really as brilliant as the the idea for the original cyborg justice is it's a it's a dumb game. It's you're just running around ripping robots apart so you can make your robot better. So I think there needs to be kind of a, it doesn't need to go with the dark, like, Oh, the world's being crushed under the thumb of this new AI. We have to fight back. No, it's, you know, it's like, ah, well we have scooter robots. Let's go get them. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and, and you can put some real world stuff in there to make it even dumber. Like, uh, you know, I, I think adding buildings and stuff to it, so... Yeah, probably making it more you know, isometric could, and side-scrolly. Like, the camera kind of moves around depending where you are in the level, so you can, like, grab an opponent and whip them through a giant stadium and see it totally disintegrate would be really cool. Yeah, and then, then you can add stuff to the buildings that you could use temporarily. Like, you, 
you knock down the McDougal's hamburger sign and you can attach the, <laughs> the, the, uh, what did I call it? McDougal's. Uh, yeah, you could attach the L as an arm instead and start beating people with that. Just start going around and, hockey, uh, sticking people in the head with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that way you have some interaction with the other stuff and that way you don't have to, you know, wear down other items. You can go start breaking down buildings and stuff and then it's on you that you're destroying the last pieces of, of what these people that you're trying to protect in the first place are, are trying to get back to. You're like, ah, now I'm going to tear up this burger stand so I can use their sign to beat other robots up. And uh, that way you could, not to the level of like Family Guy or The Simpsons, but you know, you could have some some goofiness to it where, you know, there's real world things that what are what, those little cars that kids drive around in that are like real cars with the battery power? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the ones you're talking about. You know, you lose your legs and one of those is closed. Put your body on top of that thing. And all of a sudden now you're driving around in a, in a, in a really slow moving Hummer. But at least you can move to grab somebody else's legs. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not saying necessarily that you do that. But it could go to that level of goofiness because ultimately this is a really goofy idea for a game that you're just ripping. And, and to me, it sounds like an awesome one, but I, I think you have to have some silliness to it. And, yeah, just uh, walk up, pick up a pickup truck, rip off the top and put it on like a slipper, and there you go, you got rollerblades. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, and, and maybe some of these pieces are actually enhancements. You know, you put some tires, you pick up some some good old rubber tires, and you put them on your uh, on your chest and somebody punches you and it bounces back that may be going too far but you know you could you could take pieces of of stuff that break you it down into materials to just, reinforce uh, yeah. the parts you already have yeah something something simple like that as funny as the <laughs> as making yourself a rubber robot would be the really the idea is just enhance yourself based off you know if you had time to go break down that truck that you found on the side and you know have have a little human running away from it so the scale stays there like oh shit they're taking my truck and then you know you're yelling at you about taking their truck and tearing it up and putting it on your body and uh i think all those things would just add a little bit more character because i i think what's what's starting to happen in more and more games is the little details are, are what make a decent or good game great and so you know, putting stuff like that. I mean, Rampage did it where you could have people walking around and stuff on the ground. And so you could do that in a game like this where, you know, you may step on them and kill them, but you know, that's their fault for getting close to giant cyborg battle. Yeah, I mean, like um, who in the right mind walks in front of a giant robot as it's walking down the street. You, you're supposed to run the other way. Um, yeah. And unless you're, you know, an anime character, then you do it. Speaking of anime um, characters, that's how the voice acting should be really cheesy, bad anime voice acting. Oh, it should be like old school oh, yeah. Voltron. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Like, <laughs> like each character has a color and <laughs> almost almost a Power Rangers slash Voltron style of uh, of voice acting. If you want to hear really good and, voice acting in a mech game, that's super fucking cheesy. Sorry, I shouldn't be sorry, but um, no, this is this is explicit. I've okay. It off. Um, there's a game back on the PS2 called Rad Robot Alchemic Drive. There's a few videos of it on YouTube. Just go listen to the voice acting there. It's so bad. It makes it so funny and so good. We need to we and, and it needs to have some callbacks to old 
like classic lines from old games. Like at some point there needs to be a locked door and one of the characters turns to the other and says, you know, you need to open this door because you were, you know, Jeff, the master of unlocking, which is, which is one of my favorite lines from the original Resident Evil ever. That's hilarious. <laughs> just, yeah, just Jill, take this lockpick because you are the master of unlocking. <laughs> <laughs> and then your robot says, I will kick it. Yes, I shall shoot it open. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think we got it all kind of up there for the most part. The the, bay, the the core idea, of course, it all has to be tested out and make sure it feels right and everything. But and and probably go need probably need to go deeper into how the combat and stuff like that will work because I think that's the trickiest part of this whole thing is is how deep do you want the combat to get? Like, do you want to have like Street Fighter type inputs that you know? you get some kind of Mega Man blaster and all of a sudden if you do down forward shoot then all of a sudden you shoot a like a laser beam instead of just a plasma blast or something like that um, so I, I would re- picturing a like PlayStation controller in my mind X would be jump, square would be punch, triangle would be a heavy punch circle would be like a kick R1 would be like your arms equipment, R2 would be your legs equipment on the right side, L1 would be your left arms equipment, L2 would be your left leg equipment. Right. So if you had two legs that were like rollerbladed or boosted, you would hold both of them and it would propel you forward. If if you had two right. blasters, you would hold R1s and it would it would shoot both of them at the same time and you could use the right analog stick to lock on the players and shift the camera around to aim in a way. Like lock your aim between yeah. players and then still have your your bun prompts for combat. And and I guess the other thing that we left out is art style is to me, this seems like it should, should go 100% anime art style. Like, like the, the really colorful big blasts and things like that. And I'm kind of thinking like TM and I mean, T I guess, by platinum games, kind of art style where it's like really colorful, but all 3d. Yeah, I'm just thinking like the like the effects of like whenever you do a double blast or whatever because you have two big cannons on your arm that you get you know especially if they're ones that you can charge up you get that kind of you know blue or red fire that builds around your arms before it blasts out as this big colorful cartoony explosion. And then um, just have like a line in the ground and, that's indented from your shot being super big like a Kamehameha in uh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, and that adds to the cheese factor too. Like, I, I went back and I don't know why, but I was just bored one night and I started watching Bleach again, and I was like, yeah, it's you know, this is not the best anime I've ever seen, but it's it's enjoyable enough to watch. But I think that the reason that Bleach and Naruto and those styles of anime took off is because people want to play that character that starts off like what am I doing? And then all of a sudden, like, how is he doing that? This guy's unbeatable, you know? And so whenever you start getting to the point to where at the very beginning, you're shooting out just like a little pew, pew, pew. And then at the end, you know, as your character's fully leveled up and you're playing with some random guy online and you pull out this giant blast where your whole body is like encased in fire and it leaves this huge wake in the ground and destroys every building around. And then they're like, holy shit, that guy is 
that guy's been playing this a lot. That's pretty yeah. awesome. And and I think the anime adds to the cheese of it as well. Um, just because, you know, people are used to kind of cheesy anime characters and stuff like that where it's over the top and things like that. But uh, I, I have an idea for the level design now. Like, keep it the isometric side scroller thing and then hit areas where it becomes like an open hub world where you can then, like, move around like Power Stone, Bushido Blade, or even Custom Robo and just beat the crap out of all the enemies in there. Yeah, that that would be cool too. And and even on the side scrolling parts, there could be branching paths which which multiple games have done where you know, you can go down an alleyway which then leads to a different street which then leads to, you know, possibly uh, you know, a, a rare boss or something like that. Um so even if even if there are, you know, 100 different levels, unless you randomly design it, unless you do just random levels, but I think that takes away a little bit of the <coughs> I think do like your normal base levels and then have some like procedurally generated dungeons. Yeah, I think you could do like a I, I think that what you should do is the the overworld is is a static level, but there's a bunch of branching paths in each one of them and then you could have like a you know, whenever you go up into the AI's spaceship or constructed building or whatever, then it can be randomly generated cuz the AI is constantly changing the layout. And that way it's not just like Diablo, one one of the things I like about Diablo and hate about Diablo is the procedurally generated or randomly generated levels that you get, and especially like Diablo two, whenever it did it, well, it didn't make sense if you're going back into the castle that it looked different this time. Like they never really explained that, but if you you explain it, like the AI is constantly changing up their construct as you're trying to go through, like you know the hundred level tower, the never ending tower where where you're really testing out how strong you are, then that would make sense. And it would, it would give you a mix of handcrafted levels and then procedurally generated stuff. Yeah. That, that would probably work out really well. Add some replayability and some good places to farm like exotic pieces per se. I think you should have, <clears throat> we would have to do some research on certain things, but there should be like legendary items in the game that, are kind of based on real world stuff that it's like, Oh sweet. I just got, you know, a, a stealth B2 bomber as my legs or whatever, you know, something, something along those lines that they're very rare, but it's something very cool that completely changes how you play the game. Just get um, some like Voltron armor arms and just like snap that on and be like, Ooh, I'm Voltron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and there, there should be a team attack aspect to it where you can, you know, do like the, what's the, uh, the Wolverine thing where he, th- where, uh, like Colossus throws Wolverine. Oh yeah. It's like the Colossus um, or Hulk will like pick up Wolverine and shot, put him at an yeah, enemy and just, he just like rips through him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if I'm playing some giant robot and you're playing a little one, then I could pick you up and throw you at people and it'll hurt them. And then you can just tear into him quickly and you close the gap. <clears throat> that way, whenever you're fighting some, group of ranged characters and I can't get to him fast enough. I can at least throw you at him and start making a mess. So I think, I think some aspect of that would be cool to figure out. And I think we'd have to add another six or seven buttons for the different ideas we have. But I I think ultimately coming down to it and figuring out a few command inputs and things like that would, would make all of that work. Oh yeah, definitely. It it would be a lot of work to like get the control. Sorry. It'd be a lot of work to get the control 
scheme like down pat, but once you get it down pat, the game would run so much smoother. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think this could be really cool. Now all I have to do is uh you know, switch over to game design, coding, art, and then make the game. So, you know, it's easy enough. So, Because, um, yeah, that's completely easy. Yeah. I mean, I could probably learn coding in a couple of days. I hear it's not that hard. Um, oh, no, nah, dude. It's like 10 minutes. You got it all. You just, you read a book. You're good. Uh, and I've, I've watched Bob Ross plenty, so I know how to draw and paint. Um, so I should be golden to be able to do the art for it as well. Cool. I'd run through all the we animations, have, get it all looking pretty, pretty gnarly. Yeah, and then we have plenty of people who do podcasts on it, so we have all the voices we need that can go full cheese. And there we go. We have a game. I'll just, you know, give me about twenty minutes to learn how to do art and uh, art design and and programming, and then I'll get started on it. And we should do. We can set up the Kickstarter while you're working on learning it all, anyways. Yeah, and that way the Kickstarter will be up, you know, by noon. And then uh, we'll be funded by one, and we'll be set. Rolling in the dough, you know? It's all good. Yeah. This is actually... I actually like this idea. This seems like it could be a cool game. So um, we have to find people who want to make a game and possibly uh, see what they think. Let's go out, look at uh, copyright patent uh, laws, and figure out how to uh, secure this idea, and then go shop it around. Yeah. And hey, uh, today is... Saturday, March the 24th at 12.15, whenever we came up with this idea. So, um, yeah, so watermarked or voice marked or whatever it is, we have our, we have our date and time in there. So we'll we'll, we'll um, watermark the description and the picture of the podcast itself. Yeah. I I think the, I think the splash page on gaming Historia will just be 324, 12.16 and, uh, that'll be with the images just just in case yeah it makes sense you know make it real clear um but yeah i i think that i think this is a cool idea and i think that this podcast was incredibly fun and probably dangerous because it sounds like what happens is as we do this more because we will do this a couple more times at least if we don't start doing it somewhat regularly is we're just going to come up with games we want to make and I don't know how to make games. <laughs> like I can come up with ideas, but I don't know how to make them. So this may be dangerous, but I, I you know, it could be kind of, I, I think this was fun. I think we came up with a cool idea that, that I would love to play this game. Yeah, I, I definitely would too. These are totally the kind of games I like to play. The more customization, the more it lets you choose your play style, the more I love it. Yeah. Give me, give me random loot. I'm happy. That's all I care about. Like, I, I want to make some badass looking mech that can shoot or, or whenever I punch the whole screen shakes as, as a dude Ooh, just explodes cool. into dust. Yeah. Like the little details in there will be fun. I mean, and, and really Olivia and I in, in search of the story, shameless plug, um, make sure you search for that on iTunes and soon on Google play and subscribe. I to have it. been listening to uh, that podcast and I love your discussions on bestiality. It is top notch. It's some of the best out there. <laughs> Yeah, we we got deep on bestiality um, on the first tree. But what I was going to say is actually a reference to that episode is, I think it was that episode that it came up. Um, The guy who designed the first tree didn't know the first thing about game design or coding or anything. He just took, uh, I think, the Unreal Engine and created a game. 
Yeah, the the problem with so. using the drag and drop code in Blueprint and stuff, as powerful as it is, it's not nearly as powerful as actually pulling up code and doing it yourself from scratch. There's just it's just right. not as powerful, and it doesn't give you the the options and the customization that a programmer would need or truly enjoy. So there there are some limitations. It is great entry though. You still have to have a technical mindset and understand basic programming concepts like for loops, while loops. Uh, array systems and all that and not everyone is good at grasping it but given time everyone can grasp it so it you you got to be careful what kind of game you make with blueprints and drag and drop code right i've done a little bit of programming but it's it's definitely not my strong suit um so i guess if, if this is something that's of real interest and you actually like the idea that we came up with here reach out to us hit us at contact at gaminghistoria.com um or at gaming Histori- uh, i'm sorry at gaming underscore historia on twitter just send us a dm there or at limited fell on twitter that'll go directly to me or you can get uh Hepburn. what's your twitter uh, it's stupid it will be changing in the near future it's the game design underscore B. <clears throat> it was supposed to be paired with my blog, but that's going to be changing name once I figure out a okay. new title for it, which I'm horrible at. Okay. So yeah, you can find me currently at the game design underscore B. Okay. So look, look for, you know, just reach out to one of us. If you, if you actually want to do something with this, we can, we can probably help with the funding and the ideas and, you know, the design and, and we have some resources to put behind it. We just don't have programmers and artists necessarily that can do it all. Um, so anytime we do one of these, if you actually like the idea, reach out to us. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll partner up and we'll come up with something and we'll get it on Kickstarter or we'll, we'll do something. And, and if we do decide to eventually design a game, which I'm not saying we will, this is more of just a, a let's see if we could create something that would sound fun. Well, but if one of them does happen, you know, that's that's a whole other story that we start talking weekly update podcast of, of how the game is coming along. So there's a lot of things that we can do with it if we do find people who are interested. Well, I think this is also a very naturally cool, nerdy conversation is like all gamers talk about a game they would love to make or to have. So this is this oh, is a pretty, sure. pretty cool discussion, even for non podcast talking. It's it's always a fun discussion. Yeah, and 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 in all honesty, I don't expect this to go anywhere. But I would be stupid not to tell people how to get a hold of us in case somebody was out there going, "I kind of <laughs> wanted to do something about that, but I didn't know how to." So um, very true. Also, if there's any fans listening that have cool suggestions for the game designs we talk about, be sure to contact us. Leave a comment. Do whatever you know. Share. Yeah, gaminghistoria.com. We put it up on gaminghistoria.com as well. You can leave. Uh, feedback on the comment section there if you don't want to email us at contact at gaminghistoria.com um yeah this was cool this was our first foray into it this is a gaming historia special episode because we wanted to kind of kind of shop this out there and, and see how the audience reacts to the idea of just two guys one who actually knows a little bit of what he's talking about and one who doesn't um i'm the one who doesn't um just a little yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that Hepburn does not know what he's doing, but I definitely do not know what I'm doing. Um, but I'm not afraid to throw out a bunch of random ideas and get feedback on them. So there we go. We 
I think we knocked that one out of the park. I think we created a triple A indie game that would make billions of dollars for whoever wanted to work. Definitely. It. This so, is like the prime yeah. game that will hit front page on Steam. We're sold. We're golden. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean it would it would be kickstarted in less than an hour. People would be like, "Oh shit, Cyborg Justice is coming back." And then Sega would buy us and you know, they'd be like, "Oh, you guys are great. We love you so much for bringing Sega back to the forefront." We couldn't do it with Sonic. We never thought Cyborg Justice was the one that would do it. Oh, don't get me so. started on 3D Sonic games. They're flawed <laughs> by design of the camera. Yep, they are. So, all right. I guess we've rambled on for the ending long enough. That's that's kind of what this podcast is, is just a conversation and see where it goes and, and try to come up with a design for it. So, obviously, there's some other games in there that we may want to revisit in another podcast at some point. But, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Again, we would love your feedback, especially on this one, because we want to see if you guys want to hear more. And, uh, you know, we're always watching you, and we can tell through the analytics if you're listening. But um, we would like your actual feedback. So the best way is just either on GamingHistoria.com, leave a comment, or send us the email at contact at GamingHistoria.com. With that, I got nothing else. What do you got, Chris? Um, Probably not much else also. Just it's been a pleasure, and thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, of course. All right, well, this has been... Chris and Chris from GamingStoria.com doing the Gaming Historia special edition podcast this week. Uh, tune in next week. Who knows? What, it should be back to the normal Monday with me and Colby, but who knows? Our schedules have been not matching up. So every Monday will be a surprise on your phone or or your Google or wherever you listen. Um, so we will see you next Monday, and thanks so much for listening. Have a good one, guys. Peace out.